How amazing Scripture is when we let it show us possibilities instead of expecting certainties. My name is Joey Butler, and I'm a member at Trustful First United Methodist Church. This week, I want to read with you from the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40, from the New Revised Standard Version. Hear these words. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home, seated in his chariot. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is a story many of us know, but it may be new to some. Philip, hereafter known as Philip the Evangelist, seizes on a chance opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a random stranger who symbolizes the very ends of the earth where Jesus commanded his followers to go. And this unnamed stranger is so moved that he's baptized on the site. It's practically a snapshot of the Great Commission to go forth and make disciples, many times memorialized in paint or stained glass. We often read the narrative parts of the Bible as separate scenes or vignettes, stories with which we become familiar and then move on. But when I read this passage this week, I see so many points of openness, areas of ambiguity which allow us to feel our way through so many what-if questions as we live the story. I'm sure that some of these questions have been answered by scholars, but I want to purposely look with a more naive eye and fewer expectations. First of all, this Philip. This isn't the Apostle Philip, but another man who was one of the seven men chosen to serve the church by feeding the widows in their community. He was, in effect, just some guy, which is not to diminish his role or his heart or the degree to which he was full of the Holy Spirit, but instead to say that this could be any of us. He's told to go down to this wilderness road. The wilderness or the desert is often a metaphor for the times when we feel in between, neither here nor there. Settings like this come up often in the Bible, and these desert roads must have been lonely places, especially for a single person on foot. At any rate, when someone in the Bible goes out into the wilderness, you can bet something is going to happen. And then we meet this Ethiopian eunuch, servant of his queen, who had been worshipping in Jerusalem. 
You may often think you have a person figured out, but find out you made some assumptions that don't hold true, or maybe you didn't know the whole story. Here, you may think you have this Ethiopian narrowed down, but there is lots of room to not be sure. Ethiopian, in this context, probably means more generally African, and probably referred to another region entirely different from the modern nation of Ethiopia. He was returning home from worship in Jerusalem, but that also raises questions. It's possible, but unlikely, that he was a Jew. If he had taken part in worship, he must have at least been a proselyte or a circumcised convert. Or he may have been what's known as a God-fearer, welcomed in synagogue but not allowed to participate. But then being a eunuch raises other questions. If he were truly a castrated eunuch, Jewish law prevented him from worship. In this case, Philip reaching out to him shows a certain grace we all need more of today. On the other hand, at times, eunuch may have been a more symbolic post, a trusted official who might in the past have been physically castrated, all of which is to say that we can't be 100% sure about everyone we meet. This fellow happens to be reading from the book of Isaiah, which opens more doors. I personally have a hard time imagining a Jew unfamiliar enough with Isaiah to be asking the questions this man raises. Also, Isaiah speaks often of a Messiah figure, interpreted by Jews in several different ways, but seen by Christians as Christ himself. So this is a passage that sets up a very interesting conversation between Philip and the Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian invites Philip to read with him and help his understanding. This may be my favorite part. The Ethiopian interrogates the text and invites Philip to join him. They wrestle with it together. That's my favorite way to approach Scripture and a very Jewish practice from my understanding. It's a living document that we give life to when we work it out together. And that's something I hope we get a glimpse of in these read-along episodes. And Philip tells him about Jesus. What's so fascinating here is that we don't know what Philip said. And here we have to take pause. How long did this conversation last? Were they traveling all this time? How did Philip tell the story? Was there dialogue back and forth? Or was this one of our famous elevator pitches where Philip only had as long as it took to get to the next scrub brush? And I wonder about the Jewish versus the Christian ideas that come into play when discussing Isaiah. This Ethiopian, if he had any familiarity with Jewish worship, must have had some ideas about the text already. What did Philip say? And then, the Ethiopian wants to be baptized. Whatever Philip said, the Ethiopian was so moved as to look to the side and say, Why not now? Note what didn't happen here. First, Philip didn't launch an altar call to convince the fellow to make a decision. Second, Philip was open to the Spirit, not dogmatic about processes or requirements when the Ethiopian asked to be baptized. The Spirit had moved them both to this point and was moving now. And then, after the baptism, they go their separate ways, doing their own thing, and likely never saw each other again. Philip, we are told, was transported to the town of Azotus. I don't understand this, and I won't try to explain it. Philip needed to be somewhere else, and so he was. He went on preaching until he reached Caesarea, probably playing a part in the Christian communities that grew along that route. And that's mostly the last we hear from him. The focus of the book of Acts shifts largely to Paul. We see Philip once more, some years later, playing host to Paul in Caesarea on Paul's journey to Jerusalem. And the Ethiopian went on rejoicing, 
presumably returning home with his own story now to share. But one more thing before we let him go. He surely was traveling with a party of some number. What must they have thought of all this? How far-reaching of an impact did this encounter have? So, a follower of Jesus, who could have been any person, is in this undefined desert, meets a person very unlike himself and whom he knew nothing about. The only connection they have is a seeking for God, a curiosity about Jesus. So they take time to explore that, and lives are changed. This is what the Spirit calls us to. This is the thread woven through this week's lectionary readings. In Psalm 22, the poor shall eat and be satisfied, and seekers will praise the Lord. As Philip's service began in feeding the community, it led to a seeking Ethiopian praising the Lord. Worship of God spreads to the ends of the earth, and His deliverance is proclaimed to the future as the word spread from this one encounter. In 1 John, we learn to love as God loved us through Jesus. In doing so, we testify and believe and were perfected in boldness. That selfless love took Philip into the desert and up to that chariot. In the Gospel of John, Jesus teaches us to abide in Him as He abides in us, bearing His fruit and glorifying His Father. Lives changed and praises sung are surely some of that fruit and that glory. And finally, in a kind of secret text for the week, Isaiah 53 shows us our Christ, Jesus, fully and humbly giving Himself, showing the faults of this world, and pointing the way to the world it should be. This, as we said, is what the Spirit calls us to. Let's pray. O God, lead us to that perfected love which casts out fear. Give us an openness to your Spirit. Let us abide in Christ so deeply that we can follow the call to not fear the wilderness, to be bold in our obedience and assured in our story. To hear and follow the call to not be afraid, to let lives be changed if we can let ourselves be that somebody, open to that person who we may otherwise not relate to, so that your glory and praise will spread to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.